0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA member FDSE.
2: Good evening, good morrow, good morning, good afternoon. Wherever the hell you are, whatever time of the sodding day it is, this is Slogging It. Eugene looks grumpy, Simon looks grumpier, and I'm knackered, but nice to be here as always. Right, loads to talk about. Firstly, Eugene the Scoundrel going behind Simon and I's backs last night, recording with a, a rogue guest host in Dev, but thank you, Dev, for, uh, for, for filling in for Simon and I. I was desperate, absolutely desperate. I thought you were coming on tonight, so I was just lining up things that I could wind you up about, about your, your lid on your Instagram photos, but no such looks. So I'll have to do that in person when we catch up in the summer. But yeah, the three of us back, we are going to cover off the test. Simon and I are going to have our say on it, despite Eugene's protestations off air recently. We are going to talk about Simon's question before we forget from the end of the last episode about one past and one present cricketer. Who would we have as our overseas we're going to talk about a number of different things, I guess. So, yeah, a bit of an open floor. But firstly, Eugene, firstly, how was last night? I haven't listened to it yet. I've only just been alerted to it. But what was it like to deal with I mean, the moron? Right?
3: Yeah, yeah. The feedback is it's the best episode we've ever done. So, no, I'm joking. <laughs> was that feedback? Me and you were getting sacked, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that
3: was feedback from Devon and my. No, no. <laughs> It was good. It was good. It was nice for Dev to step in and uh, and have a chat with me. Like I said, we, you know, we just wanted to give a a, a, a basic view. We, we try and do that and cover it straight after the test as it's fresh. Obviously, you guys will have your say tonight, and it'll be interesting to hear your opinions, seeing as you haven't listened to what we spoke about. But yeah, it was good. It was good. And yeah, looking forward to talking about my past player specifically that I'd like to have as my overseas.
2: Interesting, Robbo. Well.
1: I'm all right, oh, mate. yeah. A pleasant weekend.
2: Not what you said to me on the phone earlier. Un- well, anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Got him! Right, go. so
1: were these, are the, these overseas players then. What are we going to do? Brilliant.
2: Right, sorry. That's an early grenade thrown into the mix by me on, the, on this week's episode. Right, yes. Look, come on. The question was, Simon.
1: Yes, it was. One past... One present player to be the overseas player for your cricket club. Okay, who would you, who would you choose? John, you've had a bit more notification. You, Eugene's going to go first. Eugene's going to go. First. I can go
3: first. Yeah. So, my past player that I would have loved to play cricket and watch play cricket and have play in my as my overseas is Gary Kirsten. He was somebody that I absolutely loved watching play cricket. Very, very inspiring. You know, almost a 360 player. Really, really, really. What, of all ledges
1: take. of the bat.
2: <laughs> that, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the roguish. I know he's South African, but fuck me, that is left field.
1: For all the South Africans you could have picked, there's literally like a plethora of exciting. I mean, I can't believe you've got, you've got past A.B. de Villiers for a start. If you're going to pick a South African, but then you've gone, Jack Callis, no. give <laughs> like with the greatest <laughs> cricketer of all time. And loves a beer, more. Well, what point. You've then gone, Sean Pollock, no. <laughs> Paul Adams might have been a better shout than Gary Bleeding <laughs> Kirsten.
3: But the I, tell in, you what, I tell you what, I am absolutely getting lambasted here without hearing anybody else's opinion just yet. So, So shall we move on?
2: All right, so Gary Kirsten... Uh, What's he offering uh, with a ball? What's he offering?
3: <laughs> he... Oh, didn't give a shit, he was a batsman. he didn't have the ball.
2: Gritty, A gritty top-order left-hander from memory.
3: 189 in a World Cup
1: game.
2: Right. <laughs>
1: Fair play. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag stats. He picked the one opportunity he took to play a shot, which is...
3: <laughs> okay. On uncovered pitches in the UAE where Alan Donald bumped that oh, guy without a covered,
2: lid. Uncovered pitches in the UAE? No, one in
3: <laughs> on the UAE.
2: <laughs> I mean, I imagine it's pretty he dry 1960
1: there. 1961. <laughs> Drakey.
2: If you just said an uncovered pitch in Wigan, then I might have had a bit of sympathy fire. you. Uncovered <laughs> pitch in the UAE for crying out loud. Right. I don't
3: even think it was in the UAE. I just know that he scored 189 against him. It's the same game that Alan Donald bumped that guy without a lid.
1: He wasn't even the most exciting part of that game.
2: <laughs> oh dearie, dearie man yeah, telling Ed a bloke <laughs> you need to put a helmet on. I'm quite quick was probably the best part of that. I'm, I'm anyway. Kind of, I'm kind of at a loss for words. I, I'm on it if I'm honest. Because it's so good you can't think of yours? And no, 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 no. I mean, look, I had a few thoughts. South Africans obviously were was, Jacques Calin. Any of them Gary Kirsten. No. <laughs> no, they weren't. <laughs> uh, my two South Africans would have been Jacques Callis and AB de Villiers. Then I started thinking, okay, like, I love watching like genuinely, genuinely fast bowling. But then I remembered that had he played in my team, I would have had to face him in the net. So I've, and I, I'm, I'm not all about that. So I very quickly moved away from super, super quick bowling. And so I landed on, on one um, who offered with bat and with ball and, other than a pretty famous catch in two thousand and five that he that he put down didn't seem to drop many at first grab. So my my past cricketer would be none other than the legend that is SK Warren. Good one. Eugene, just for clarification and for the record, that's a fucking solid pick. <laughs> 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 it's it's- It's a predictable pick. Yeah. The the question was pick the most fucking left field (laughs) Clinkinson that's ever played the game and say him as your favorite ever. Oh, no.
3: I can go worse than that. I can go Adrian Capo if I really want to.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That must be the lesser known of the Kirsten Cousins or something. (laughs) I mean, Christ almighty. I think you were going to say that
1: Richardson fella that used to open the right for New Zealand.
2: Hey, great, great noise when he had got cramped, though. Great noise. (laughs) I think he had batted
1: for four weeks I and was still only on eleven.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another rogue pick, almost as rogue as Gary Kirsten, would be two-meter Peter. Do you remember Peter yes. Yes. <laughs> from New Zealand a few years ago? What was his name? Was it Fulton? Peter Fulton? Peter Fulton. Peter Fulton. Yes. That's yeah. it. Two meter Great pick. shout. Great <laughs> shout. Oh dear, me. Right. Robbo, when you when you picked I enjoyed listening to your views and stuff on this, things like this, because I, I feel like you put serious thought into it. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what you're about to come up with.
1: Well, I, my initial thought was to go down what is, for me, is the greatest player that's ever walked the planet, and that's Jack Callis, because he would absolutely take the piss out of club cricket.
2: Hmm.
1: Likes a beer, probably be half decent around the lads.
2: Probably be half decent around but, the lads as well. Yeah, okay.
1: Well... The one that I've gone for is better, and then and then you make your way through like your idols growing up, don't you? So it's like, would I, would I go for a Warned? Would I go for a McGraw? Would I go for a, like a Brett Lee type of person? Brett Lee would be useful in club cricket. Another person I went that was left field. However, he used if 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 we were picking our imaginary team and you and him were in it batting up the top of the order, the front pad would take a beating. And that's Shane Watson. Because <laughs> he would have been a fine, fine club player. He would, yeah. However, and then you've, you've obviously got a, a lot of the older guys. I mean, you, you want to go back to or like a Sobers, someone like that, where you, you, you didn't start, you didn't want to take part in a game unless it had been out till two in the morning, oh. which from a club point of view, imagine the funds going over the bar. Yeah, like but... That's all you've got, I think. you, know, you, you you've, there's, there's multiple facets for this. And this is why this person has won. Christopher Henry Gale.
2: Yes. Yeah, some ropey off He wouldn't practice. Mucky off
1: wouldn't practice, would just sit in the bar, mm. merrily funding his own being there. I reckon you could pay pay the man 50 grand for the summer, which is an extortionate amount for a club pro, and the club would still make money. (laughs) Unbelievable. Just unbelievable around the team.
2: Mm.
1: Likes a drink. Hits it. I don't think there's a club ground in the world where he couldn't get a 25 run shot. Because, I mean... There'd be people three streets away on some of these grounds in North Knots that are complaining that the ball's hit in the garage. I, I think he would be fantastic. And as a bowler, he would be a fine person to have at slip. As a bowler, i had a lot of catches dropped off him at slip, I think. And if, even if he did drop him, he'd look freaking amazing dropping it.
2: He would. He would. The only yeah. danger, I think, with someone like Christopher Henry is from a safeguarding perspective, if he had a loose pair of shorts on in the bar, there could be all kinds of trouble made, like I mean, you know, and there would be. Divorce, I mean, there'd be divorces left, right, and centre. You imagine the scandal. Can you
1: imagine the year after though? The nights out you'd be able to have with the lads, because you'd all be single. I mean, it'd have to be every alternate weekend. You could, you'd have to, you'd have to organise the fixtures to be. You'd have to all arrange to have the kids on one weekend, and then the next weekend was free for cricket. But you would have. And unbelievable. Yeah. That, the, two years would be sensational. He'd have a good
2: time. He'd just be collecting it, a yeah, harem. You collect a harem every year in club cricket, wouldn't he? He'd just, just disappear off to back to Jamaica with like another 36 new wives from the, whichever cricket club he played <laughs> at, it, particularly. It'd
1: be like a weird call that doesn't end up in mass murder. Mm. I can't well, think gonna, of that.
2: <laughs> I, d- I don't know I, I I mean it could be referred to as murder. Is it murder
1: if it mur- Is it murder if it's consensual? <laughs> um, <laughs> I I
3: think you guys have gone the wrong route Joe, because after year one in your clubs, you are going to have <laughs> no? to rebuild. Because there is there's, going to be no rebuild There's some more that's going
1: to have to do <laughs> <laughs> That's for damn sure.
3: Um, I mean, say, you say rebuild Regale would have taken everyone home. Shane Warren would have pretty much made sure that everyone was single too. And drunk, everybody. Peter C- Gary Kirsten. Peter we Kirsten. Sure. We've changed it up again even further.
2: further. <laughs> yeah. We've, uh, Gary Kirsten, on you know, the, the thing, other hand. The great thing about Warren and Gale is if they nick everybody's misses, all of a sudden, all the lads are then free to play as much cricket as they want without having to worry about being told that you're not allowed out on a Saturday. Look what's happened to yeah. me. I've been forced into retirement for crying out loud. If Christopher Gale had played for Papawit last week, I'd have been rid of Lisa. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd have somehow tried to keep Raffi through the courts, but then I'd That's still be I mean. playing cricket. It's perfect. That's what I mean.
1: You couldn't have him two years running, though. You'd you'd feel awfully inadequate after the second year. Oh, you would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you'd have to alternate, wouldn't you? You'd have to like one year. What In fact, what we could do: year one, Shane Warren; year two, Gary Kirsten. Because let's face it, he's. He, I mean, the only problem is people might might not want to come and watch that. Mm. But then then you, you, you're likely then to get, oh, look, at this is a sensible overseas player. He's also going to coach the kids. Which I, I thought that's I what we were going for, you. Yeah. You said an overseas pro. Mate, you can tell you're a chairman. That's all I can say. i tell
2: funny. you what, though. I mean, talking about following Chris Gale, you just wouldn't fancy that because it'd be like drop-kicking a <laughs> rugby ball into the fucking <laughs> Pacific Ocean, wouldn't it, after he's been in there? That would be an absolute shocker. Right, anyway, I feel like we've covered the past cricketers. God only knows what Eugene's got with a present. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no.
1: I'm not going first. That fellow that opened the batting and got four for on debut for South Africa, probably. <laughs> Neil and Brown Eugene, or whatever his name is. Eug-
2: Eugene's pig. Don Bess. Sorry, sorry, Don. We love you. <laughs> uh, right, okay. We'll go, we'll go in reverse order. Simon.
1: Oh, you see, this is a more tough one. Because I I think the problem is in world cricket at the minute, there's not that many out and out flying characters that you'd say, right? Bring in it'd just be an absolute. Ironically, I think one of the best pros that you could have at the minute is probably Mark Wood, because I think he would be. It'd just be fun. It'd be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. Hashtag scared. Um, I'm not. I'm not netting. I'm not. I am not netting. (laughs) I I
1: didn't net when I played club cricket anyway. So there's no. That's that's flat out just not happening. I'd, I'd do a there were three walk few walkthroughs bowling and a few throwdowns. I'm not I'm not I'm not getting in the net. The pads only come out of the bag once a week. Um I, I was edging towards a, a ravage jadeja's a good shout.
2: Mm, purely from good. a
1: cricketing point of view. Yeah. Good shout. In fact, I've just had one come in now that might be the win. Go on. His name George Katsia.
2: Oh, Karate Kid.
1: Yes. Bowls fast.
2: Mm.
1: Hits it hard. Yeah. Looks like he likes a good time. Mm. True. The other two. The other two options are uh, Ravindra. Actually, Ravindra mm-hmm. from New Zealand yeah. was an option. Yeah. Mitch Santner was another one like a left-arm spinner. You' got a go? <laughs> but again, was would a very good option. And then Shaki Wah Hassan was a, another.
2: Yeah, yeah, bet another one. Gambling problem.
1: See, that's not a bad thing in club cricket. That brings the brings the club together. You can't you can't bet on not in the Premier
2: League. You really. mean so you mean FD could talk to him about the nags all day every day? He'd never get any cricket done right okay interesting so i i've kind of gone i've gone australian here and i'll talk you through talk you through my thought process manas was an option bowls bowls can bowl leg spin can bowl off spin and he's a hell of a batter problem god botherer i haven't got time to be listen i haven't got time to be listening to that i don't need, i don't need converting i don't need converting and so that's That's why he was... Then I thought Pat Cummins. um, That's a good show. World's best. Can bat, certainly at club level, would fucking smoke it everywhere. Problem, too good looking. (laughs) Third one, Mitchell Stark. There there goes the good looking problem. That's not an issue. He's like the dark side of the moon, the poor fella. Uh, (laughs) But can bang it and bowls serious heat in swinging left armers. Um... But then then I remembered that um, there's a bloke alive called Ben Stokes and I just thought that he he has to be the guy. So Ben Stokes for me. So you
1: were aware of what an overseas player is?
2: Oh, I thought it was just a – oh, right. Okay, right. Okay, in which case <laughs> – in which case – oh, overseas, 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 overseas. Ravager's age is good, but no nah. – who do I like? Who do I like? Who do I like? I like because he bowls a bit like me, Daryl Mitchell. Oh, that's a good shout! Mm. Yeah. Bowls bats grabs shout.
1: it.
2: Yeah, yeah. What? Well, huh? Very good choice. Well, huh? What you going from? for? You guys. If he says Dwayne Pretorius here, then I'm going to fall off my chair because he is the only club cricketer I've ever known actually play international cricket. <laughs> he is one.
3: Isn't that the other way around? Yeah. I mean, I went slightly differently. I thought about things like Kane Williamson, you know, that could he would play. have been a good. You would have been good, Muhammad Nabi, Maybe mm. you know somebody that,
1: that's up there. I've um, seen him face club bowling.
3: No bar mm. revenue. No bar revenue. Marco Janssen league. was another one that I was thinking about. So his
2: brother, but... funnily enough, was supposed to be Cogniz overseas last year, but then went to have a, bowl, a bowling, net bowling contract in the IPL instead. He's called Dwayne, I think. Or Duane.
3: Yeah. Dwan, Dwan. Yeah. Dwan. Yeah. However, I've settled on the man that likes going to concerts and falling over in Glenn Maxwell.
2: Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> that's a great show. <laughs> Eugene, I didn't think it was possible, but you've rescued <laughs> yourself because <laughs> yeah. you've literally gone from zero to hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know,
3: my thought process was you could have a super solid <laughs> overseas in, in year one, build the junior section, get everybody in, and then bring the money and win the
1: Premier
2: League. Then ruin within. them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Absolutely. Ruin them all. <laughs> yeah.
2: This is this is how to do it, and next year we'll show you how to not do it. <laughs> yeah.
1: This is how to I score reckon he could play He he could play an entire year of club cricket without actually moving his feet ever and score 2000 runs. Comfortably. Yeah. Comfortably. I mean he got two hundred in one fixture in a World <laughs> Cup game. With yeah. without moving his feet. So there could be some records broken there.
2: Yes, there could. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, well, well done, chaps. Well, half well done, Eugene. Well, <laughs> well done, Robbo, and well done me. I think that's been quite a successful. Good question, though, Robbo. Kudos. Good question. Right. Following on from the the the, that's a good start. That enjoyable. We must now talk about um, the the India England third Test match. So I, as I alluded to the other, I think a couple of weeks ago, when when good friend of mine Johnny Irwin passed, I, I was at his I was at his funeral last Thursday. And other good friends of his are Daniel Norcross of BBC TMS and Zero Ducks Given, and Toby Tarrant of Zero Ducks Given. And so I, you know, talking to them both throughout the day. By the way, lads, the way in which they record their podcast, awful. I mean, no laptops, no nothing. All they had was a bench at Jesmond Cricket Club in Newcastle under an umbrella in the rain, huddled around a phone. Now, maybe they're doing something right and we're doing something wrong because they get
1: thousands, <laughs> it's, it's, thousands, and thousands,
2: thousands, thousands of listeners every yeah. week, and we get, we get five. Not thousand, just the five, but thank you to you to you five. we all we really appreciate you, you do but, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I I grabbed some time with them, more specifically Dan, and I said, oh, dare we dream?" I said, "What's the score going to be?" And he went, well, it's going to be a good series, but it's going to be four one isn't it?" Which instantly just made me think of Eugene and I being able to celebrate in England's misery knowing that we predicted the correct score but it is beginning to look like that is going to be the the scoreline now right huge yeah yeah
3: I mean first of all that 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 margin that England lost by was arguably the greatest ODI of all time in in the four three four game I mean there's just so many good numbers that go along with England losing by that amount so yeah it was a it was a drilling. I think it's the biggest ever loss.
1: India's biggest ever win by runs, yeah. There you go. So one won by an Indians and something before, but that's the biggest ever straight runs. Won. I see. I see.
3: No, runs-wise, got it,
1: got it.
2: But pretty pretty chastening, Robbo, really. From, there was, there was
1: a similarities to... To the lords last summer mm. with certain aspects of it which in some way could be a positive if if England come back in the last two tests like they did in the next two after that lord's game then fair play but it it, it, it wasn't great it wasn't great I, for me there's there was one very very funny bit which was when ravi judasia which is I running away I ended up not picking him as my overseas player currently, because he absolutely barbecued the debutant <laughs> in the fixture, I like I mean, that's both sides. He threw the grill at him. It was that bad. And then hits gets a hundred off the next ball and celebrates like he's uh, just the second coming of Christ or whichever God, whatever it is you worship, and however many times they've come to the planet, um. Like, I just thought that was that was an incredible bit of cricket from him. But no, England, considering they played half the game, India played, well, other than the last six overs, really, and the first six overs of the ins, first innings, and the last six overs of the second innings, against three bowlers. Like, to get beaten by that many, I mean, Ashwin, we've heard lots of stories and it sounds very sad what's happened, but but what, for the next test, are they just going to give one of the bowlers like a, a bit of time off in the middle? Like, Play with eight. That's what I think. Yeah, just just go right. Yeah, you just, just Bumrah, go on. Just a few with a new one, piss off for a few weeks, for for four days, and then come back when it's decking at the end. There was lots of, lots of individual bits in the game that we can talk about, but I'm sure Eugene did that last night. I, I thought it was a worrying, I thought we'd stop this with this Baz-Ball thing. This seemingly naive quest is what I'll put it. But no. But all you can say is you hope they learn. You hope you hope lessons are learned.
2: So so moving on then from Yeah, I mean look, we we missed some chances. We had two LBWs in the first dig that had we have had we have reviewed them would have been out. We dropped Sharma early on, we should have had them 47 for four. Like, you know, sometimes it goes with you, sometimes it doesn't. Um I, I didn't see much of our batting performance and I, I haven't seen any of it at the second innings, to be honest. But what, I, having not seen it, I was kind of comfortable thinking, right, okay, we've got five sessions on what looks like a relatively flat pitch. Like, let's not forget that jaiswal has got 200 in the second innings. You know, their batting card, you know, fucking Kuldeep Yadav got 20-odd. Like, how difficult can it be? And so I, I was, look, you know, okay, maybe if we bat well, we can we can try and draw this game. Like, it's going to be difficult, but I had every faith that they could do it. And then we're 122 all out before the end of the day's play, which was, I know I know my friends from Guerrilla Cricket were quite thankful that he actually was out before the end of the day's play because they thought a load of them were going to have to get up and get to the studio for four o'clock for like an over's worth of cricket on the, on the last day. They were quite thankful. But the thing that I do want to talk about, look, the results are the result. But the thing that I'm keen to talk about is the press are beginning to wind me up a little bit because every time England do well, buzz ball's the best thing since sliced bread. Every time England lose, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to English cricket. Like where is the sense of balance in terms of, and I know you, you know, you've often said, Robert, like lazy journalism and this, and the other, and it's about writing for a headline and writing for, views rather than looking at what they're, you know, really beginning to try and understand what's going on and, and, and what have you. And these guys are all proper journalists and a lot of them have played the game professionally. But it's almost like the modern way now to write for, a stu- write for a headline and write to grab views rather than actually try and dissect things that have gone on properly. Like one swallow doesn't make a summer, right? And also one bad result. Yes, we... We, you liken it to Lords in the, against the Aussies in the summer last year and what have you. But it's almost like it's either brilliant or it's awful. And there's no, there's no kind of balanced argument anywhere in the middle. It's like it can only be one of the two extremes, which I find really frustrating. And I, I just think, look, you know, yeah, fair enough. They are still learning. They've given us two years of some of the best cricket that we've ever experienced as England cricket fans. But sometimes when it doesn't quite go right, we don't have to pile in and say, this is rubbish, 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 shit, shit, shit. Like, you know, they all need to learn. They need to change this. They need to change that. They need to change that. Everything's a bit of a process. Like, they can't be brilliant at all times. And things like this, the way that they want to go about their cricket occasionally will happen. Like, I agree that maybe, you know, if, it, if you know, the, the Joe Rude dismissal, he's trying to play that reverse ramp, you know, that's probably not the right time to play it. I haven't seen the dismissal, but I think he gloved it, didn't he, to a short third man or one of the slips or something? No? Middle of the bat, where he did it, straight str- str- out the middle of the bat. Two? Second slip. second slip. Second slip. But look, you know, we were all lauding him when he did it to Pat Cummins, first ball of a spell or second ball of a spell after tea at some point in the ashes. So these things, it's high-risk cricket. It's not always going to work. If that goes for six, then everybody's going, fucking hell, that's genius, blah, blah, blah. Especially against some of the bummers class, but it's not always going to happen. Now, should the should some of the lads down the order have adjusted a little bit? You know, there's two. What I will say is, there's, there's probably too many run outs for me. Like I think Duckett was run out for four when we're looking for a, a solid opening partnership. That's what really in a in a chase like that, whether you go in for it or whether you're going to try and bat out for the draw, England this England team cannot bat out for the draw. It's not in their meta- their mentality, but. Any way of trying to, they will say they would have saved the game by trying to knock the runs off to win because that's the way in which they play and they're aggressive and they want to play the shots and what have you. But an early run out like that just kills everything and it starts to send a bit of a panic around the dressing room because all of a sudden you think, "Shit, this might not go away." Blah blah blah. blah. Especially when that that opening partnership was we've been saying for the last few weeks, averaging you know fifty, pretty much for quite a while now was an opening partnership. What once that. Once that's one of your strongest suits and that doesn't work, all of a sudden people start to go, oh, right, okay, maybe it's not work. But I think the journalists really need to look at themselves because they are the ones that help to form popular opinion. So you look at, you know, I read an article by Jonathan Agnew. Arguably in England, the most, what's the word I'm looking for? Help me, help me. Well-respected. It respected cricket journalist that we've got from a, from a UK perspective. And he is absolutely piling it. You know, when after the first test and even the second test, cause it was such a good game, he's going, you know, England are brilliant and basketball's this and basketball's great. And all of a sudden it's just, it's the worst thing that's, that's ever happened to English cricket. And I, I, I just think it's a real, if you have an emotional reaction to anything, whether you, whether this is in a relationship or a marriage or whatever, if someone does something to you and you react emotionally, that's only going to make things worse. It's not going to bring a positive outcome to what you're trying to achieve. So I think we need to be, I think I think we should be looking to the journalist for a more balanced view and reaction to things when they don't go quite as well as when they do. Does that make sense? I,
3: I need somebody to change my opinion in... When the toss goes up, that team wins. That's what I know. Yeah, I, I,
2: I think you're dead right. I, I, I thought, to be fair, when they got four, what was it, 445 in the first dig, I thought, well, England can go out and get 600 here, and then then it's really game on because the wicket was still yeah. good. Obviously, they then showed it was really good in the third innings, and then we've just capitulated in the fourth innings. But, uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think the, the toss is crucial. I
3: really want to see India in the next game win the toss. Bowl. And at fourth,
1: yes. Yeah. I don't so, think they were uh, well. Uh, yeah. Too much of a no, no, It's never going to happen. At the end of the day, everyone knows the best time, the, the best, the first three days in Indian conditions are the best time to bat. If you bat twice in those first three days, then you're going to be onto it, thing. thing. But, yeah. like, England, you, you say that, these last two tests, there has not been a side in India better placed at stages within the, that game to prove that point wrong than England have been. Hmm. In these last two tests, what they've just done is got it horribly wrong. In the in each part of the first innings, you they they've still not managed to get three hundred. We said before the series the key to England doing well in this thing well, can they get three past three hundred, and they haven't managed to do that in the first innings yet. So. You can we can stand there and go. They're not they're batting last and all this kind of stuff. They're not losing the games, but when they bat because of what's going off batting last, they're losing the games because of what's going off in this in their first innings. And so, and that, so that's I, I agree, John, with what you're saying about journalism. There needs to be less sensationalism within journalism. But unfortunately, like we said, it doesn't sell newspapers. It doesn't get clicked, and that kind of thing you look at a lot of the sensible, like the more nuanced, you read a Mike Atherton article or you read what Nashra said and they pick out key moments and they, prov- and they back it up with, with some kind of statistics. The Joe Root thing for me is a really interesting one because people talk about that reverse go against Cummins. Now, that, the only similarity between that shot there and the one against Bumrah is the game's is the fact that he hit it for six. Like it's just that he's playing off one of the top two bowlers in the world. The game situation was completely different. England were on top, looking to score quick runs to get ahead in the game, and in this game, England are getting themselves into a position. In the previous game, and I think he was on, he, he'd made his way to a reasonable score against Cummins, if I'm right. I'm, I might not be. But this, he's, he's on 15, 16, 20, whatever he's on. In that game, England are dominating the fixture. This game, we weren't. And for me, you look at Joe Root. Joe Root is the one cricketer in the England side that under Bazball, has technically got worse. In his last 20 games, when he was captain, he averaged something like 56. In the first 20 games under Stokes, whatever it was, he averaged 48. Now, that's still decent, don't get me wrong, but he was on a trajectory the way his batting was going. He was just going to go stratospheric. Mm-hmm. He's the one person that didn't need to change. I'm all for taking a positive option, but you look at like Ben does, you look at what Ben Stokes does, and and for me, it's about can you manage that? There's some people talking about taking pressure off him. All he's got to do is bat. No one's expecting it. Joe, Joe Root just bat like Joe Root. But he's the one that seems to have gone right now. I've now got to play this, and yes, against Australia, everyone was raging about it, but raving about it, but. For me, and I'm not saying it's all Joe Riggs' fault. It's not. You've got Johnny Bairstow looked terrifically out of form for the, for the tournament. Again, not that one individual's fault. But as a team, they've been put in good situations by the opening pair, by Pope, and they fucked it. Mm. And that, for me, you can't... As, yeah. a, as a as a brand, you can't keep saying the brand of cricket. We're playing this brand of cricket. We're playing this brand of cricket. When yeah, fine, I get I get that. I'm all for that. But you've got to learn lessons. And what they're not doing at the minute, we the, like I say first test. First test, they won because they pulled the third the third innings out of their arse and then bowled ridiculously well. The last two tests. The opening batters have gotten them into really, really good positions. The top three got gotten them into really, really good positions. And they've kept making the same mistakes to lose quick w- wickets. So for me, you've got to stand there and get... That, I, I, that first innings of England, you're 220 for one. For two, sorry. They're, one of their top two bowlers isn't available. You've got... Bumrah, who is now going to have to bowl a lot, and you lose eighty-five for eight because you're all playing whatever shots it is. Now, for me, like, come on, let's just let's just sit in a bit, especially if, if you are that type of player. Let's sit in a bit and let's do that. And, and hindsight's an easy thing, to, it's an easy way to say that, but I, I just think they they got it wrong, and they've now got it wrong three, four, five times. Which for me, you started to give people an excuse to jump at you.
2: Also on so, on on, on Berstow, Berstow has now got more test ducks against India than anybody else. Second place, Danish Canaria. So it was it was obviously a, a hell of a batter. Said no one ever.
1: Chris Martin obviously didn't play against them a lot. Then <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, have,
3: yeah. I have a little stat for you. Go on, Joe Root. Hold more overs than he scored runs in the series.
2: I did see a stat I did see something come out about Joe it was it was pulled from last summer when he was talking about the reverse ramp and he says I average more than more with that than I do with the forward defense and I've got out plenty of times playing the forward defense yeah for that yeah. and yeah look I agree he was probably the one the one batter who probably should have looked to expand his game a fraction but didn't need the overhaul let's say that some of the other he didn't need as much work, you know, with that 56 average, as you say, in the last 20 tests or whatever, uh, as captain yeah. than, than than maybe others did. But, you know, he's kind of probably been swept along with it a little bit. And and so, you know, but he's a good enough player to figure it and out. So, Right, moving on. What,
1: what else is coming up in the cricketing future then? Obviously, England are in India playing at the minute. There's a few other Mickey Mouse test series coming up. But, John, I understand you've got some interesting Woodstock
2: we have yes indeed simon we do yeah really exciting time for woodstock actually this the the minute wednesday will see us release our third generation of woodstock stickers which is really exciting we're taking a a bit of a different view as a business we are we we've we've gotten rid of all of our professionals which is a, a business decision we just looked at it and didn't see any value really. I you mean, know, we've worked with some fantastic professionals over a number of years, but actually you know, the return on that investment just didn't didn't really show anything for us. So we've decided to go down a completely different route. We have approached the top run scorer in every single Premier League around England and Wales and have had agreement with 15, 16 of those boys to become Woodstock ambassadors, which is which is phenomenal. As I say, the Woodstock stickers are going to launch on Wednesday this week, which should be the day that this drops, Eugene, I would think. So check us out on socials. It'll be all over Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. But again, kind of following on from what I just said about trying to do things differently. So we've got seven new sticker colorways and almost with two stories, really. So a lot of people have always assumed that there must be a link between Woodstock, Bat Company, and the Woodstock Festival, you know, the old school 1969, incredibly famous festival. The less said about the one in two thousand early two thousands, the better. I think having watched the documentary, yeah, yeah. um, but but there, there there was no there was no link. It was just you know it was a, a you know Woodstock is in a stock of wood or or whatever. But having been asked about it so much, we we have decided to kind of lean into it a little bit. So three of the bats kind of pay homage to the Woodstock festival. Uh, one's called the Icon, which is centered around Jimmy Hendrix. One's called the Starman, which is centered around David Bowie. And then we've got another one called the headliner with the the imagery for that is kind of like the pyramid stage at, at Glastonbury, which we're really excited about all in different colourways. But the, the thing that we're most probably excited to announce is that we've got four sticker colourways, if you like, that are working with charities. So we've got the Lord's Taverners, who obviously we do a lot of work with from the podcast, the Bob Willis Fund, who we obviously raised money for alongside the Taverners when we did the walk around the Ashley's Grounds last year, the Woodland Trust. Who we're going to be doing a lot of kind of sustainability work with planting trees, et etc. And then we've got a local charity to us here in Nottinghamshire called the Lashes Foundation. A young girl called Evie Jane Wilson passed away a couple of years ago now, but she was all about kind of helping in the community. And so what the Lashes Foundation is do is really look to help people that are struggling in the in the local community. So uh, the bats, the the Evie Jane is the one for Lashes Foundation. The protector is for about protecting the planet, and that's for the Woodland Trust. The Taverner, obviously, and then the Dylan, because Bob Willis's massive hero was Bob Dylan, so he actually changed his name to Bob Dylan Willis. And so, having worked with the family, they actually decided on the name, the Dylan. the The image on there is the iconic image from the Bob Willis Fund. But the most exciting thing, I guess, to announce is the fact that two and a half percent of the value of any bat sold with any of those four stickers goes directly back to the charity. So, and not only by buying Woodstock bats and equipment, are you getting access to the best bats available on the market as proven by gear test results over the last 15 years, but you're also helping four absolutely amazing charities continue to do the invaluable work that they're set up to do. So just a little thing for for us to to kind of be able to give back, which which is really, really cool. So that's one mate, thing. Jimmy. And then the second. Sorry,
3: before you carry on there, before you carry on there, mate, we normally give you a lot of shit about this stuff and, you know, sponsoring the podcast. That is epic. I can honestly say that. Yeah. that is awesome.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, we we just want yeah. to try and you know, if you think on a on a six hundred pound cricket bat, that's fifteen quid. So, you know, if if we sell if we sell a hundred of each profile, then it, we've, we've got fifteen hundred quid to give to these four yeah, charities. So, absolutely, and we're just really we're really excited about it. You know, we just I I, I own Woodstock because I love the game. Like I'm any these lads will tell you, anybody who's listening, like I am a proper cricket tragic. I love I'm a proper badger. And I I do it because not because I'm interested in being rich or whatever. I'd rather give away whatever I can. Like I just do it because I love the game, which which is what yeah. really drives me to get up and, and go to work every day. So thank you, you that's very kind. The other really cool thing, we've got two other cool things. One that I can't talk about just yet. But the second one is we're launching a product called Wood Restock. So You think about the ICC report that came out last year about how cricket's elitist and inaccessible to people, especially given the times that we're we're facing. You know, the country's just gone into recession; times are hard for people. There's a there's a huge amount of sustainability work that we're trying to do, and we know that the numbers around wastage within cricket are massive in terms of the amount of stuff that goes to landfill or. Bats that just end up at the back of garages or in lofts or whatever inevitably see the light of day again. And so we had a look at our business, and we understand that we're quite quite price prohibitive for some people. So as a, a cheapest junior, about 195 quid; cheapest senior, about 350 quid. How do I make Woodstock more accessible to the masses who don't have that level of funds available in order to pay up from, for for a cricket bat? So we're now offering a part exchange system under the banner of kind of Wood Restock. So. We will offer you an amount for your cricket bat, get off whatever you're looking to purchase from Woodstock this time around. We will then fully refurbish that cricket bat. It will come back looking like brand new, and then we will sell that back to the market at zero profit. So if we were to buy a bat that's four or five years old from someone for 25 quid, let's say, we would then pay to, to have that bat refurbished ourselves, which would probably cost, say, 50 quid. And then we would sell that back to the market at 75 quid. So it means that the masses are now able to engage with Woodstock, getting quality products at a price point that they can afford. They might be pre-loved bats, but you wouldn't know it to see it, if that makes sense. Like we will work our nuts off to make these bats look brand new. And so it means that people can go out and use products that may otherwise cost four, five, 600 quid, but are accessible at 50, 75, 100, 125 quid and and that's a more palatable price point for people so we we want Woodstock to be about the game and about people who love the game you know we're very very fortunate now to have a, a a group of investors behind the business that allow us to do these really cool things and i'm really really proud to to be the guy that fronts it and and to be able to come up with these really cool ideas that i know can help a lot of people and so yeah it's it really this winter while we've been planning all these things it's it's given me a huge amount of joy and satisfaction to be able to bring these things to the table on behalf of cricketers everywhere.
3: Mate, again, well done. I mean, yeah. awesome work. Awesome work. We can talk about other things, but that's,
2: you know, we'll talk about more at the end of the month. Oh, yeah, the end of the month. That Now, that's really cool. That's the, that's <laughs> the biggie. That's the biggie. I mean, that is, that is like so left okay. field mm. yeah. that I'm, I can't, I really can't wait to share that with people because I think that yeah. is. it. it Launching that, I think, will be my proudest ever Woodstock moment. Just yeah. knowing how many people that has got the ability to help.
3: Yeah, the brand the brand is redefining. I think the way that people will look at cricket, irrespective of you know what people may think of different different brands and vendors. I think what you guys are doing here, and I'm not you know I'm not biased because I happen to use Woodstock. Just just hearing and what you seen what you've done over the past. It's, it's probably five months that you've been working on this, Probably maybe longer, but I've only seen five months of it. And I, I genuinely only found out about the stickers today when, when you showed me, I'd known about the other two things, but specifically the, the wood restock. I think that's a great initiative and mm-hmm. obviously know about what's coming at the end of the month. So yeah, I make epic, epic, epic work.
2: Thank you. Well, stay tuned guys. Yeah. Obviously you'll hear it here first on slogging it and then, but yeah, just, just like proud and it's nice to be able to give something back. And I'm in a very fortunate position, you know, not not mainly not because of myself so much, but, you know, I've got I've got these, I've got these investors who are backing me into these things because they want to give back to people and give back to the game. You know, we're not about take, 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 charging a thousand pounds for a bat and, and none of that. We're not interested in that. We, we run Woodstock and own Woodstock because we love the game and want to improve the game and improve people's access to the game. So... Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a really cool feeling, to be honest, to be able to offer these things to people.
3: Awesome. In other news, have you guys seen what's happening in South Africa at the over-40s World Cup?
2: Yeah, I, I, know,
3: I
1: know three quarters of the teams that played.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've both got friends out there, haven't we? Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I know Australia beat the US, not Canada.
3: No, was it the US.
2: Other than that, I don't know. I know England beat Zimbabwe today. England beat Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe I think so, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I
3: nice. think it was Zimbabwe. I just saw, I saw Nick Batty in Compton. I mean, that England side just ridiculous, looks ridiculous, right? mate. Yeah.
2: Like Simon and well, I, went for, and I went for a drink earlier with his parents and the t- and our two boys. And I just said to him, I was like, you know, because we're obviously the three of us are, are over forty and are, you know as cricketers. But I was like, can you imagine rocking up and having a ball at Darren Stevens? <laughs> I like, think you know the bloke who's played first class <laughs> cricket last year. And striking yeah, yeah. it in first class cricket, let's not forget, like yeah. you know, walloping it, like, like no, nah, you're all right on a flat one. I mean, luckily I'd be yeah. on his team if I was lucky enough to be there, so I wouldn't have to worry about it, but I'm pretty sure that there's, you know, guys in the other teams who can suit, hit it suitably as well, but yeah, bonkers. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but yeah, it's been good to watch. I watched a little bit of it. There's a little bit. There's a couple of streams going on, so yeah, it's been interesting mm. to keep up. And then also a few of our friends are out in Barbados playing in the LMS Masters. Mm. You know, we've been keeping a little bit of a track on. I must say, that looks very nice to be in. Not necessarily the cricket, just the, the weather, wicked. the place.
2: These don't look wonderful. I'll be honest, but dusty. It could be in India, right? It could be. <laughs> well, talking of India, another bloke I must give a shout out to is someone that ah. You've met him, Eugene, because we played in a golf day last year and Simon knows him from Papawik. Jason Caunt, um, he played in that golf day with us, what, 18 months ago? He's out in India at the minute representing England over 60s in their World Cup. So, uh, yes. yeah, J- Jason, he's, he's been texting me and stuff and I've got a live stream too. Uh, I think they played in New Zealand today, actually. I'll need to check in with how they went on. But, yeah, Jason, proud of you, mate. Keep Have a, have a great trip and, yeah. Bowl well and smash it, Miles.
3: <laughs> Lovely. Anything else that we want to cover off
1: today? Or
2: no, I think we're about
1: good. Simon, anything from you? All good. No, all good. Like you say, just... just. I, I think one of the things, going back to your stuff that you're doing, I, I'm sorry to go backwards. I just feel really proud that we're associated with a couple of companies and the charities that we are doing. Cricket gets a shit reputation at times. But obviously, with you guys, you would stop doing what you're doing to try and make... It more accessible to people, and then obviously the work that the tabs do. It's actually like we 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 piss about with this thing quite a bit, and we we kind of have a laugh and a joke about it. But the more people we can get playing this game, the better. And if that's financially, or if that's because of the circumstance, then all for it. So yeah, well done, mate. Really proud of you, and, and proud of what we do with the tabs. So
2: lovely. That's right it. gentlemen thank you very much a pleasure as always that first that's i mean gary kirsten still still can't get still can't get <laughs> me out right i mean come I mean, on i mean that is genuinely the funniest thing that's been said on this podcast in just over three years <laughs> so I mean
3: it's quite a statement mate. i'll take it
2: <laughs> but, but but without any intention of being funny at all it was a really, it, <laughs> it was a really serious probably the
3: best jokes, isn't it yeah <laughs> although if you want if you want me to end on a joke um, as you've asked as you've asked so i think england need to go back to the original tactics and give up on baseball and just continue selecting the best south africans that they can find
2: <laughs> not gary fucking kirsten <laughs> <laughs> no robo you're quite right and on that note thank you very much gentlemen thank you for choosing us whoever you are that's listening you get in touch with us share with a friend let people know about slogging it and uh, yeah, we look forward to being back in your ears around this time next week. Ta ta for now. Terry bye See ya.
0: Sports social podcast network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire. Huh?